There's a critical problem in supercars and motorsport across Australia at the moment. Today on Inside Supercars, we address the technical skills shortage that teams are facing and how the Wodonga TAFE is looking to help improve the situation over the next two to five years. I hope you'll stay with us. This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. Hi, I'm Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. You're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Wentlock and Craig Ravel, and we're joined today by a man who's been involved with one of the training grounds of Australian motorsport. That's not being a team, but a formal education course that's run by Wodonga Tafe. Trevor Chris, welcome to Inside Supercars. Thank you very much for having me. Tony and uh, Craig, thank you. It's our pleasure, and we know and have known for quite some years the impact and the, and the breadth and the depth of the motorsport Wodonga Tafe has had. Um, and uh, let's just go through your background. You're originally from Albury, you said? Yes, originally from Albury. Um, most of my life here, started my apprenticeship in a mainstream or with Toyota here in um, Albury, Wodonga. Um, went through that, then um, got the racing bug. Uh, my background of racing is off-road racing in a buggy. Um, done that for quite a few years, got out of it, got into the teaching game here, uh, which I, I definitely love. And then um, it's an opportunity here, got into uh, Stock Cars Australia, um, which is NASCARs. And then uh, best years ago, brought my own and still doing it now. So yeah, definitely enjoying it. It's automotive that led you to Wodonga Tape, isn't it? Yes, yes. So automotive and love of racing. My history of uh, knowing about Wodonga Tape and the motorsport course goes back to when Doug Partington started it back in the, uh, I think it was the mid to late 90s. And yes. uh, he and his son Bruce um, have had a long involvement in motorsport. Um, and of course, Doug went on to then start uh, the Warwick motorsport uh, uh, pace. Um, you'd be aware of that, of course, and have an involvement there? Yes, yes, we're, we're aware of that. We had no involvement in that. And then um, um, it has yeah, since since closed and gone from there, yeah. Fortunately, uh, for both motorsport, uh, particularly Brad Jones, because he's the uh, chief benefactor of having on his doorstep this amazing <laughs> training yes. facility. It is. It is. Look, we've got a, a very, very good facility here. Um, a very good, a very, very good workshop. Um, we have a 1.6 11 metre wide driver training track um, that was predominantly put down for truck driver training, but is also made so we could multi-purpose it. So um, when we are lucky enough, so when BJRs have um, built a new car or have a, have a big repair, they can do shakedown laps, so they can bring the cars over here do a shakedown lap, it's good for the students. We have a lot of, of our students here um, that have gained employment at BJRs um, and also we have a great relationship with our uh, work placement with, with Brad Jones Racing. So a lot of our students go all over Australia with them. 
which is absolutely fantastic for the students, for us, and for Brad Jones Racing. Met one of your uh, ex-students who now has a uh, a very senior position, and uh, she is very capable. Prasik Metem, um, <laughs> yes. she's now the car control car controller at uh, Premier Racing, and uh, yes. boy, she's a she's a feisty young woman, um, extremely <laughs> capable, a twenty three year old. Yes. Yes, um, we had Prasik here, um, and again, um, we have a lot of males and females, uh, which which is absolutely fantastic. We have had a very uh, good response with females getting employment and jobs like that. So not only is she a car controller, she also sub does sub-assemblies. So she is very good at gearboxes, yeah, differential, it's... uprights, brakes, all that sort of stuff. And it's a typical thing, I would think, that women are so highly regarded for and that is A, not being distracted, B, being focused on the job they're doing, and C, being thoroughly competent at what they take take on. That, that's 100% right. Um, the, the girls, they haven't got the physical strength, but other things that they make up for. And you're 100% right there. Um, on the cars, unbelievable. Attention to detail, uh, multitasking, all that sort of stuff, absolutely fantastic. So we were just um, BJ has just taken another female this year for us. She's over there doing a job trial now, and she's to replace Prasik. Tell us about the different courses that people can take on, and what what are the parameters? What are the conditions that you want? How old do you want them to be? Is there an age limit, up or higher, or anything um, like that? There is usually an age limit. We can get under 18s, but we don't like to take them. The reason for it, once they're over 18, they don't need a legal guardian. So when we send them away to work, legal guardian and people don't need to work with children's check. So if they are under 18, we usually go to Winton each year. We have other um, rounds that we attend. We have an NTA care club that they can attend to do uh, their placements, um, get experience, things like that. The course um, in the first year, they do a Cert 3 in motorsport, and that contains 36 of the units. So out of those 36 units, they have mainstream automotive units, as you would in an apprenticeship, plus all the motorsport units, plus they do composites uh, or fiberglassing, um, and they're here. Uh, five days a week. Then, as well as that, those 36 units, they also do Certificate 2 in Engineering. There's another 20 units there. So they're Engineering and Welding units. So all up in the first year, they've got 56 units. A normal apprenticeship is 36. Then, if they choose to come back for the second year, they do a Cert 4 in Motorsport and also a Cert 4 in Automotive Overhauling. Um, That's four days a week, for um, 10 months as well, and then that's another 20 units that are, that they've got. So all up, if they stay here for the full two years, they've done 76 units. When they go out to get employment, um, they are between 10 units plus short of their apprenticeship. So it cuts their work time down. Um, they are very, very employable. It shows they've been here for two years um, and shows that they have got an interest in the motorsport or automotive industry. So it's a big leg leg up for the um, employee and the employer because then they do not lose time for those students to go to – or those apprentices to go to TAFE. One of the things that has become 
enormously uh, demanding on team owners and team managers is the critical shortage of not only trained people but also enthusiastic trained people. Um, You know, car dealerships pulling people away um, and it's that difficulty in trying to find people. I imagine that when they come out of the course there, your people would be much in demand. They are, and most certainly are. And some want to go into racing, some want to go into automotive, um, some want to, they come here to start their own business. So it depends what they do or where they want to end up at the end of it. So this year, um, with our second years, they started uh, early Feb and we already lost six to employment, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, they are very, very good outcomes. Um, so four, four have definitely got jobs and the other two, uh, out on um, placement, um, just doing their placement now to um, wait for the three months is up to get their apprenticeships. So it's it's a very very good outcome for us. And again, um, the amount of people that are, that are lining up and waiting for young people to come to be employed is yeah, it's mind blowing. It really is. And the impacts of COVID. What have teams, supercar and others, been talking to you? about what has happened over the last two years? The, the loss of employment of employers. So, as, as you know, when those ties aren't turned, there's no money coming in. They couldn't keep it up. Lucky, some were very, very lucky to keep their, their businesses. Um, and the worst thing for us, we had no work placement because there was no racing at all. So um, we had no work placement. The best thing we could do is when we could hold our car club days uh, small events to keep under the COVID rules. Um, since then, a lot of those people that um, cease to have employment have found other jobs and sort of don't want to go back into the industry for some reason. So now now we just end up with this um, huge shorty in automotive and especially in the uh, motorsports side of it. I know teams have been coming to you, talking to you about getting staff and particularly getting young people who they can then bring up through their organisation because of that knowledge and skills drain. Yes. Yeah, so we, we, we give them a very, very good uh, basics um, through that and then they're very, very employable when they leave here, um, especially after the second year. As I say, it shuts the apprenticeship right down then. Instead of 36 units, they might only have to do 10 to 12 so they aren't away from the uh, employer as long. It makes it easier for them, especially with these um, short turnaround times. By the time they get back from race, turn the cars around, go again, it's very, very hard to get the apprentices to do a lot of work because sometimes it's seven days a week. They, and they might do that when they have COVID, when they're up at City. You know, that they're doing weeks with it without a break. It was just horrendous. And that's what um, burnt a few people in in the um, industry. Normally, how many graduates would you have um, on a after your second year? So usually, usually what we do is start off with fifteen in the first year. Then some of those will get employment, and then uh, at at the end of the second year, we'd have any anywhere. So usually, take fifteen a year, um, first years. Then in the second year, we usually have around ten to twelve, and go from there. Yes, and then as they go along. Um, the the funny thing is when they come in, um, they've only been watching TV, so 
sort of one-eyed supercars, which is good. But when they come here, we send them away on a lot of work placement and they go to a heap of different categories. So all of a sudden they come in and want to do supercars and they go out doing um, the Porsches or something completely different, even welding, fabrication, uh, composites, because they, they, they've never experienced or never had a taste of it. So once they get it, they go, oh, I'm not sure about that, but I really love this. So that's the way we, we try to send them and get them work placement with those sort of teams that do where or where they want to go. Two of my magic moments in motorsport have been falling by at Brad Jones, and they'll be after a race weekend, probably at Orem yes. Park, and then later on Sydney Motorsport Park. And I'd be coming through, and I'd, I'd ring up, and I'd call in. Um, I remember vividly when one of the first Project Blueprint cars was being built, and the uh, I can't remember his name, but he was a very good fabricator there. He took me through the car, and then some years later, um, it was Andy Jones when he just finished building his cell. So probably about <laughs> six or eight years ago, maybe at least. Yes. And and one of the things that one of the things I so vividly remember was the enormous pride that they showed in their work and the way in which you know they took me through what they'd been building. Um, and I, I think it's intrinsically something that that it does happen in the country where there's more time. People don't have the distraction of of the things that they would maybe in the city. Um, but yes. it was very impressive, and, and Brad obviously has built that sort of uh, feeling into the people who work with him. Yeah, Brad has got a very, very good relationship with, with all his workers. Um, he was, the, I suppose, one of a few that kept him on as much as he could through COVID. It was very, very hard times for a lot of people, a lot of teams. Um, as you know, once those wheels aren't turning, there's no money coming in. Um, so a lot of people lost staff. Brad cut them back, uh, try to keep them on. So he does very, very well. For a small team, they do a lot of stuff, get a lot of good work out of there. It is absolutely a credit to them. In the 10 years that you've been involved, 10, 12 years, uh, Trevor, can you give us some idea of the number of people that would be out there now working in motorsport? Just a rough approximation as a result oh. of coming through Wodonga Tape. I'd have to say 60 to 65% of all our students would be out there, would have between uh, two and uh, maybe eight uh, ex-students in every supercar team. Um, we're, we're still doing that now, still putting them out there, um, plus all the other categories out there. They're everything from touring car masters, Porsche, oh, a heap of categories. So it has been very, very successful for us. Can you tell us about some idea of the scope of the equipment you have and and what you use as your tools and training there yes yeah, so we've we've got a um an ip car that we're building up a ba ip car we've got a ba uh ute which um we've got a lot of um we use it for racing and also for aerodynamics and dynamics um we've got um the formula ford plus we've got uh seven Toyotas and three Hyundai's that we also do here for part of that. Um, we can do all our shock domino, uh, springs, rate springs. Um, we, we do all our uh, in-house engines here, uh, gearboxes, diffs. So, yeah, we, we do a, a whole wide multitude of things. Uh, got our own four-wheel dyno. Um, if anyone wants to hop on the Wodonga Tafe website, it's a very, very good 3D tour of our workshop. Most people will be pretty impressed with it. It is a really, really good facility. 
Um, and our best thing is that when we put faults into the cars or we want to go out and do testing uh, certain units for the cars, we just go out and use a track. So that is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's a, obviously an amazing facility to have that right on hand there for you. Yes. Trevor, you have a close relationship with Brad Jones, but there are other teams in pit lane that you're also associated with, aren't there? Yes, yes, um, all of them. So uh, especially at Winton, um, we take all our students down to Winton. The problem with lately, we're with, with COVID, um, they had to shut the numbers down, and lately now that they're allowed the numbers back, now the flights are gone up. So it's very hard to get our students away. So they they will take our students for work placement um, if they are behind times. Because they're getting very very short turnaround times now between these races. Some of the teams will ring us up, and the students will go down for a week at a time, things like that. So yeah, most supercar teams we have a very very good relationship with. Yes, it's always so evident, that particularly at Winton, when you look up and down pit lane and you see your uniforms, not, <laughs> not on every uh, mechanic or anything, but, but a large number of them there. Yeah. So Winton's very good for us because we, we bring the students home every night. Um, so we go in every day, take the students down, uh, put them out to all the teams. It's very, very good. It's very uh, cost-effective for the teams um, and, and, and us. It's very good advertising. Um, it's real work placement for the students. Um, it's just eye-opening for them, especially at that sort of level. And I think another interesting thing is, unlike a traditional motor mechanic apprenticeship where you're pretty much learning how the car works, yes. the breadth of your training, you're teaching them some machining skills, which is a, yes. an important part of manufacturing. You're teaching them composite work. And whilst it's not panel beating, it's the modern-day equivalent of panel beating for race cars. <laughs> it is. And it, look, look, it, it's a fantastic material. It's getting used a lot. It's strong. It's very, very light. Um, a lot of the stuff can be short turnarounds um, when it's all replaced. So there, there is a lot of cons to it, but Again, um, prices and that can be very, very expensive for that sort of stuff. But when we teach them all this sort of stuff, um, so when we teach them the automotive units, they are the same as they would do in their apprenticeship. But what we do at the end of it, we put the motorsport spin on it. So um, in the motorsport industry, for example, cooling systems. Um, what's the difference between a, a normal automotive cooling system and a motorsport cooling system? How they work, how we warm them up, how we cool them down. Um, all those sort of things. So every unit that they are taught has a motorsport slant on it. What are the the indicative costs? Because it is a living away from home apprenticeship or training as opposed to going to the local TAFE near where your employer might be. Yes. So you're right. Uh, most of our students come from all over Australia. We have on-campus accommodation. I'm not sure what that is worth. But for a government-funded person for the first year, um, it is around the 3,400. Uh, 3, that includes all the uniforms and PPE. So we're very strict on the units because school is over. We have our own uniforms uh, to wear those when they are here. Again, with the supercars, all this racing, it is an image. Um, it's nice, nice to look as a team, look neat, tidy, all that sort of stuff. Then in the second year, um, it drops down to about 1300 a year. Tell me, can you see a situation where, um, you know, you'd have a driver course, for instance, 
going through as part of the Wodonga tape? Um, no, we, we, we just teach them how to fix them, not how to drive them. Um, we do have our own MTA car club. Okay. So as a part of the course, we have to do officiating and a whole heap of motorsport units. So with that, instead of simulating it, what we do, we're a CAMS-affiliated car club, and what we do, we hold four um, meetings a year. So we hold four um, come and try days here, and our students, friends, um, people that help us out can come out and have a drive for the day. So it's very good for the students. They get to run it. They do everything from the paperwork right through the officiating uh, through the day. So it's, it's a part of their course, but, but again, these are very, very good days for them. It's some of the best fun days that we have. For someone who's listening to this that would be interested in a pathway into motorsport, it's important to know that this isn't a school year that many people would be familiar with. You are a <laughs> full-time at the TAFE and it's uh, definitely five days a week and in weekends where the racing's on, that's yes. where you put it into practical uh, into practicality. Yeah, so here um, school's over. This is more of a um, work-based, so we, we run it like work. Um, if you are late, um, yeah, we have a late book. Then that way, um, if you're not up to date with your work, you are late, we have a late book and then once work placement comes up, if they can't be here early and on time without a good excuse, they won't be sent on work placement. So it, it is run like a business um, in that sense to, to try to make the, the students a little bit accountable. And obviously being part of a TAFE, um, as part of a federal government funding, um, and as such um, you get good recognition within the Wodonga area and, and Albury area? Yes, yeah, so we, we do a lot with the community. Um, on the weekends, the the track um, gets hired out, so we hire it out to um, motorcycle um, clubs or motorcyclists. Um, a lot of car clubs come out and use a track of a weekend. So it's absolutely fantastic, which brings a lot of money to the community. We just had the um, Firebirds and Camaro Club up here. There's a, 180 vehicles. So it, it's very good for the community um, here. Helps out a lot. Um, and in saying that, um, next weekend, a heap of our students are going to the Orwoodonga uh, Motorcycle Club to help out. They've got a national round of their uh, motocross, and our students will be going there to help out with flagging, things like that. So, it's again, it's a very, very good relationship with the community. So, for someone coming into your training program, Yes. What are the numbers like? Are you oversubscribed at the moment? Are you currently looking for more people to fill that need in the marketplace? Yeah, currently looking for more people. We, we have 15 per year come in. What we'd like to do is step it up and have 30 a year, have two classes of 15. That would be the ideal. And then make a, a very good class, classes for the second year to carry it through to try to get more people trained, get them in the industry. Um, our... Other big reason I think why we're doing so good, we try to give them a lot of quals so there's life after racing. So once they have their qualifications, we try to give them an apprenticeship once they leave here. Once they finish off their apprenticeship, even in a motorsport team, if they stay in a motorsport team for, say, 10 years, they are still a qualified mechanic, they can go back into mainstream automotive.
So we don't want to send them down a path where they've got no way out at the end of it. Trevor Crisp, Wodonga TAFE, and it's wodongatafe.edu.au. Thanks very much for your time, and we uh, certainly encourage anyone who's thinking about getting into motorsport to consider your program. And as you said, the interactives and the information on the website is uh, going to give you the best opportunity to see if it's right for you. And uh, again, anyone out there who's thinking about it, um, just, just come try it, see how you go. Um, we have a very good good um, strike rate with, with people, so it is absolutely fantastic. And thank you very much for your time, Craig and Tony. Greatly appreciated. That's all we have time for on this edition of Inside Supercars. On behalf of Tony Whitlock, I'm Craig Raffel. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.